Welcome to MH Business Exchange, the podcast of McDonald Hopkins. I'm Mike Witzke, and with me today is uh, Jim Gizcheck. Jim is the head of our national data privacy and cybersecurity team. Uh, welcome, Jim. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you having me. Well, you, Jim, you put together um, kind of a checklist for parents, and uh, I know you and I both had uh, children go back to college uh, over the last few weeks, but uh, all across the country, you know, people are sending their kids back to school, whether it's kindergarten or or college. Um, these 12 back-to-school cybersecurity tips, what uh, inspired you to put together this list? Well, Mike, as you know, McDonald Hopkins is very involved in all of the community in which we have offices, and one of our top priorities, of course, is assisting wherever we can uh, in education and providing whatever services we can. And quite frankly, as I watched all of the back-to-school commercials and all the stories on TV, it occurred to me that uh, one thing we're not hearing about is how we can protect our kids and our families from these cyber attacks. So it occurred to me that, you know, helping folks become a little more cyber savvy would be a good thing. And that's kind of what inspired coming up with the 12 tips for parents and students. Well, of the 12, are there one or two that you think are most important for parents to be thinking about as they uh, as they have their kids head back to school? Yeah, there's actually a couple out of the 12 that I think are, are worthy of highlighting because I think that uh, we've seen more and more instances of risk. And ironically, um, today, I, I got an article emailed to me uh, from an article from Kaspersky that warned of back-to-school malware hiding in digital textbooks. And they were talking about the thousands of attacks uh, and attempts to download, uh, obviously, these textbooks that contained malware. And so, you know, it again highlights the fact that our students are really getting away from hardcover books that we all grew up with, and now everything's on a tablet and downloadable. Uh, Of course, when you do that, there's risk. And so we want to make sure that when our students are downloading books or they're putting anything on a device that we're ensuring to the best of our ability that we're downloading this from a trusted source. So that's, that's one very important thing. Another is when we get an email or some type of electronic communication, we want, again, want to make sure that it's coming from a trusted source. Uh, Too often what we see is criminals are impersonating somebody from a trusted source, whether that's a school or if you're in business, another business, or even somebody in your own company, and they're asking for information or they're wanting you to click on something. And when you do that, they're asking for credentials. And oftentimes people are giving up their credentials in these phishing scams. Or when you click on it, malware is being inserted onto your device and it's capturing your data or allowing the criminals to have access to your devices where they're going to be able to get all of your information. A couple of other uh, key points. Uh, One is as the kids are going back to school, uh, oftentimes we're buying them new devices. Uh, Sometimes they're brand new out of the box. Sometimes they're used, both of which have potential risk. Uh, If we're buying a used device, we really want to take that to an expert uh, in IT, really, in electronics, and have them look at the device and make sure it's clean. And when I say make sure it's clean, I mean make sure there's no malware on the device. Oftentimes, these used devices that are being recycled, the criminals are very smart, and they will put malware on those devices. And again, once you get on and you start to put your information in it, 
uh, of course, the criminals now have access to it. As you buy new devices and you want to dispose of your old devices, something to keep in mind is that when you do, keep in mind that all of that information that was on your computer uh, could be going to somebody else as an unintended consequence if you're not making certain that the information is properly removed from those devices. And that doesn't mean going on and clicking delete and emptying the trash. Most people think that that's sufficient, but it is not. Uh, these criminals are very good at their trade, and they will be able to go in and pull data out of those devices. So you want to get it to an expert that can truly wipe the device. And there's only a couple of ways to truly wipe it so that you make sure you eliminate all the data. Something else that folks can do, and, and we encourage them, is they're going to donate or recycle a device is to pull the hard drive from that device as part of the process and have it destroyed. And there are companies that will actually shred your hard drive. And when they do that, you're going to want to make sure that the pieces of the hard drive, once shredded, are no larger than the size of a dime. Because believe it or not, uh, folks can extract data off larger pieces. So we want to make sure that it's being shredded and disposed of properly. The other uh, critical point is backing up your data. We want to make sure that you've backed up your data. Uh, more and more, you, you hear in the news about ransomware attacks. And what that is, is somebody clicks on an email or, or an attachment, and it infects the computer. And when it infects the computer and all of the data, it's encrypting it. And unless you have a backup, the only way you're going to get that data back is by paying the ransom. And although this has been a very large issue over the last couple of years for businesses, we've noticed more and more that this has been happening with individuals. So whether it's your student or the adult, the parent, we want to make sure that people are not clicking on attachments and encrypting their devices and losing all of their data unless they pay this ransom. Well, Jim, I've heard you talk a lot uh, also about the importance of strong passwords. Um, I think all of us know 1234 or password one is not the way to, uh, you know, properly secure your devices. But, you know, are, are there some things, some ideas or tips you have for parents, how they can teach their children to have strong passwords that are going to be hard to crack? Yeah, it's, it's a great question, Mike, and it, it really is important. And unfortunately, most passwords are very simple, and the attackers now, they've got ways, uh, programmatic ways to run through and, and really search the computers and, and try to de you know, get into them um, because they've got a whole table full of passwords. And the only way that you can prevent the attackers from getting in very easily and breaking your password is to have something that's more challenging. And you're right. Every year, there's a survey that comes out, and the number one password is typically 1234. So, you know, that is the most popular. So we really do want to start all of us and our kids at a young age of thinking about security and thinking it has to be something difficult. It can't be your pet's name. can't be mom and dad's name. Typically, what we want is a phrase, some type of phrase or sentence um, with some special characters uh, baked into it. So if you have a phrase, it's going to be a lot more difficult for the attacker to guess or to programmatically crack. So having a phrase that they can remember and use. We also want to make sure that both the kids and the parents are not using 
one or two passwords for everything they need to access. Having multiple passwords is very important. So we want to make sure they've got multiple passwords for, to access different things, but that they're also strong passwords. Well, another area that's uh, gotten a lot of press lately is identity theft, and criminals seem to always be finding new ways to steal people's identities. Um, are there any emerging threats or areas of concern that, that you've seen that uh, parents should be aware of? Well, you're absolutely right. Is uh, Identity theft is, continues to be a growing concern at, at all age levels. You know, all of us have to uh, come to grips with the fact that it's something that we need to be dealing with. And, you know, there are certainly things that can be done. Um, obviously, protecting our information is number one. So we want to make sure that we're not making our personal information available to criminals that can steal our identity. Unfortunately, you've heard in the news about some very, very large data breaches uh, that have exposed millions and millions of people's information. You know, in some instances, almost all adults in the country, all of their information was exposed. So what do we need to do? We need to make sure that we're being proactive. So again, starting with our kids, trying to follow the tips and make sure that they're doing what they can to protect themselves. And then also for adults in particular, uh, signing up for a security freeze. That is, uh, it, they're free. You can go on to Experian, uh, TransUnion, and Equifax and sign up for a security freeze. What that does is that prevents someone, a criminal, from going in and opening any type of credit under your name. So we want to make sure that these security freezes are in place. You can also sign up for credit monitoring, and there are products and ways to do this for kids that are under 18 as well. Well, you, you know, you, you talked about um, the ransomware attacks, and, and um, you know, we've been talking about students and parents thinking about this, but uh, there was just a, an article I read about a university or a, a school that I think was on Long Island that had to pay to have all of its data returned after a ransomware attack. Um, are there some things that, that schools can be doing uh, to protect themselves and their students? Absolutely, and it's, uh, it's interesting because we, although we've got a lot of niche areas inside the data privacy niche, uh, one area that we've really specialized in over the years is working with higher education and uh, K-12, through and we understand how sensitive that data is. Uh, anytime, uh, certainly in particular with kids that are K-12, through you know, we want to take as many extra precautions as we can to protect their information, protect their identity, and protect them. And relative to the schools, you know, they are getting hit and targeted with these ransomware attacks. And what we want to do again is we want the schools to, number one, put good protections in place, firewalls, et cetera. Number two, we want to make sure that they're training their staff. Training is critical. Most people, their job isn't to worry about data security and privacy. So we need to have regular training. And quite frankly, that goes across the board, you know, for all of the the parents that are listening, you know, we want to make sure their employers have appropriate training for everybody. We also want to make sure, third, for the schools that they've backed up any of that critical data so they don't have to pay the ransom. Because, of course, the more the criminals are getting paid, the more we're funding these illegal operations. So we want to take the appropriate steps so that we are not in a position where we have to continue to fund these criminal enterprises. Well, Jim, I, I really appreciate your time today with this. And, and Jim's list of the 12 back-to-school cybersecurity tips for parents 
is available uh, on our website, mcdonaldhopkins.com. Uh, you can also find uh, information about these topics by following McDonald Hopkins on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, but again, thanks, Jim. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Well, thanks again, Jim. And, and as I indicated, you can find more information about cybersecurity tips and, and other uh, important information at our website, mcdonaldhopkins.com. And look forward to even more podcasts with our cybersecurity team uh, coming up in the near future.